I love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, comedian Shan Carr, and Gay Desert Guides Brad Fur. Remember when we just had to do radio together and we really didn't have to worry about lighting or background or wearing pants? It is the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, episode 72. Hey there, comedian Shan Carr, how are you? I'm good, thank you. It's good seeing your face and Brad Fur is uh, scaling the slopes up the uh, tramway with his virtual background. The Gay Desert Guide is in the house. Yeah, and the uh, the snow is almost melted at the top of the tramway. I just saw Patrick Evans talking about that this morning. All right, yeah, well, we're going to have to make more and have a snowball fight. Uh, yeah. What do you have on deck for us today in uh, this edition of I Love Gay Palm Springs, Shan? Well, in our first segment, we have a newbie joining the first conversation part of the show. I'm excited to greet... Stephen Biller, who is from Palm Springs Life. He's got lots of good news to give us. And of course, our own medical security blanket. We have Dr. Laura Rush, who's going to talk to, about, talk to us about all the things that are going on. Uh, then we have Christy Holstedge, our own mayor pro tem, is going to bring her shiny new new mommy face onto our show. And then Brian Blue Sky from the Desert Sun and he's got some fun stuff to tell us. And then Margaret Webb, who really is only known as Team Mom, and she's all about feeding the homeless. So we got a full show today. Oh, I haven't seen Margaret in forever, so it'd be nice to see Me Margaret's either. face. So, Brad, who brings us this edition of I Love Gay Palm Springs? Well, of course, it is brought to you by our friends at Tory Nissan. You know, the Nissan Leaf got rear-ended over the weekend. What? Yeah. Little Brad got rear-ended. Oh, uh -huh. on the two ten, and I uh, know, yeah, right. <laughs> you okay? On the two ten, I, I'm yeah, a little you know, tiny back, a little bit of sore back, but uh, mm. the Nissan Leaf did not fare so well, so it's going into the auto body shop. Um, but everything's fine. I talked to Bob Bailey at Tory Nissan, and they've got some great deals on cars that have not been in accidents. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would suggest that you run over to Tory Nissan if you're looking for a new car or a used car before the end of the year. Black Friday specials, ToryNissan.com. And also our podcast sponsored by DAP Health Center. During COVID-19, Desert AIDS Project innovates with free at-home and self-HIV tests. Those can be mailed to you or you can pick them up at DAP. Testing has never been easier with DAP's free self-test and of course testing very important right now. Uh, this simple test gives you the information you need to know about your HIV status. HIV self-test can be picked up or mailed. To receive your free test, go to gaydesertguide.com, click on the DAP banner or visit um, the Desert AIDS Project's website. These are saliva-based, take about 20 minutes to get your results, so they're very quick. And if you're not comfortable leaving your contact information on the internet webs, you can call DAP. Their phone number is 760-656-8425. And that's our sponsors for today's I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. You know, I was kind of expecting that you were going to say we're also sponsored by the injury law firm of <laughs> Have you been in an accident in your electric vehicle? Uh, Keep your God. eye on this space. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Wow, what a week we've had, huh? John, you've had a week getting your mom here, and uh, and I got rear-ended. And, <laughs> and now I'm waiting on vector control to come spray my whole property for the biting fire ants that have been torturing me and little smidge. <laughs> oh, poor smidge. So, but most of all, we're just holding our breath, waiting for a real president to come along. What's worse, fire ants or the, pres the current president of the United States? Hmm. Boy, that's well, a tough question. Well, at least there's a spray for fire ants. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen uh, Stephen Colbert's little intro? And they have like a little animated Trump. Oh, and yes. there's people oh, spraying gosh, stuff yeah. on him. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> and they're and spraying. Thank you, John. Thank you, John Oliver, for blowing up an enormous 2020 in a quarry. If anybody hasn't seen it, we've just spoiled it. But... We kind of knew it was coming. Well, he did yeah. it in 2016, too. Yes. So, but he but, did it on such a scale. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. care. It's worth seeing again and again and again. Yeah. Well, we still have a few more weeks of this wretched year to go. <laughs> I do have a sad little decision that I had to make. Um, there's a new comedian in town, and she really has been anxious to try and do something. And she asked if we could do a small show in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, okay, I guess. And, and then I love doing something on New Year's Day because there's not very much going on on New Year's Day. Yeah. And so we thought 20 people in the backyard spaced out in their little pods and people could pick up food on the way. And we really tried to work it out. And, and then my best friends, my best sponsors were like, I'll buy two tickets, but I'm not coming. You know, and my mom was like, you have already been sued twice when giving your house to a charity and somebody trips and falls there. Like, imagine the ramifications of how somebody yeah. getting, you know, like it took a few, even though I knew, even though we all know, I just, you know, to help somebody, I just thought, okay, we can do it. We can do it. I swear we can't do it. We can't do it. No. Hey, if, if somebody trips and falls during a charity event at your house, call the law firm of, come on. <laughs> we get that uh, law firm sponsor. We cover, um, you know, Brad's yeah, rear end. In I'm, calling, yeah. I'm calling <laughs> oh the sixes God. or the sevens or whatever Seven, the hell it is whatever right whatever now. Whatever the hell it is, right. Shall we invite our uh, medical expert in for a, for a moment? Now we've got our guest. Please welcome, as I said before, our own medical security blanket, Dr. Laura Rush. Welcome. And the editor-in-chief of Palm Springs Life, please welcome for his first time in the show, Stephen Biller. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning neighbor. Today. Morning, okay, Laura, neighbor. you are rubbing your eyes and scratching your eyes and something yeah. doesn't look right. What's happening? What's going on? I, I've, I've been a little under the weather this week, so I had my own COVID scare. Some other oh. virus, thank God, but I had to sweat out a 24-hour waiting for my own COVID test. This is the fifth time I've been tested. Obviously, we get tested pretty frequently, but this time it was for real. I, I spiked the fever, and I was a little nervous. I got to tell you, having been around patients, and we do a thorough job of screening our patients, but uh, no, I stayed home for two days, and my test finally came in about 8 o'clock last night, and negative and i was like whoo so i'm still feeling a little punky remember it is flu season so well, there's but you got your flu shot right i did but the flu shot's only about 50 percent effective yeah. so we have to all remember that wow. nothing's 100 percent effective and i, uh, I don't put the needle in halfway just for that very reason <laughs> exactly <laughs> i had a friend of mine's mom who used to go and get you know two flu shots because they were getting a buy one get one free 
<laughs> you know, the very first time I walked into a bar in Palm Springs was 22 years ago. I think it was CC Construction Company at the Sunrise Mall there. And they were giving flu shots with tequila shots. That's a pretty good deal. Ooh. Right? They had a little pharmacist there. And if you bought a shot of anything you got, I thought, okay, this town is right for me. Yeah, they got to bring that promotion back. That's a great. I want to bring that one back. I yeah. want that promotion. The COVID shots coming this fall. I mean, this spring. Oh, we, right? we could do it with COVID tests. That'd be yeah. perfect. Absolutely. You have, to, you have to stand six feet apart as you're getting your whatever, whatever but you know. Well, on so, that topic, Dr. Yeah. Rush, let's let you take the first, the first uh, section here. Tell us what the heck is happening. So we're seeing the, you know, the surge is continuing out here. We are starting to see significant increase even out here in Coachella Valley. We've had it across Riverside. The numbers, obviously they come out from the, the county every Tuesday. I've got my, you know, my numbers down here. We had the um, new cases, 23 per 100,000 uh, this past week compared to 16 per 100,000 cases last week. So that's nice. a substantial increase right there. The positivity rate is up to 7.9% this week as opposed, well, as of Tuesday, as compared to 6.3 the following week or the prior week, uh, increase in hospitalizations as well. So there's not, we're not seeing a, a big increase in deaths here, but we are seeing an increase in hospitalizations. Well, and the countrywide so, deaths are up. They are across the country, not here in Coachella. Right. And not in Riverside, but yes, across the country, we are seeing a huge spike in that, unfortunately. So I think it was but, somebody but reported I, last I night. We were, I heard we were turning a corner, though. Is that, that what I heard? <laughs> Who are you listening to? Yeah, turning a corner to go over a cliff. Exactly. Yeah. A precipitous Elma corner. Louise. Well, the, the increase or the decrease in death rate is to because there's an increase in the young people that are getting sick as opposed to the older people that are getting sick at this point. Um, the bigger concern, as we've talked about, is we're coming into Thanksgiving next week. People are going to be traveling. College students are kind of becoming home. So they are actually worried about spreading COVID as they're getting on planes and or driving and going to large family gatherings. So I have a question a about about the um, about the, the possible vaccines. Which one would you want to take Moderna or Pfizer? Um, you know, the first one that gets to me, honestly, there's one in each arm. Yeah, they're they're equally effective in terms of we're running about 94 to 95% effective from what the data is showing. So whichever one Kaiser hands me, the day we get vaccinated is the one I'm going to take. Yeah, so that I, efficacy I, beats the hell out of the flu shot. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. I, the thing is the flu mutates very, very quickly. So that's the issue with getting a flu shot, a flu vaccine that's incredibly accurate. They base it on the prior year's data in terms of what a dominant strain is going to be. Well, so, well, and we have multiple strains, right? The Europe strain, the China strain, they have been saying it's mutating. Sure. Right now, that's where we're going to see how effective the vaccines are once we get them. So I want that to go data back, will uh, to be seen. Wanted to go back just for a second to the numbers. So I was listening to K News this morning, uh, the right wing talk station. And Gene Nichols is their news guy, and he put such a, a, a bias on the numbers. He did this whole thing. He literally rattled off like a million numbers on the radio that no one really understands. He was basically um, uh, making the claims that, you know, the rates aren't that bad, that um, it, it, was, it, was, it was in a news way, but it was in a slanted news way such that you thought that 
you know, it really isn't uh, any worse than it was back uh, months, a few months ago. It really, it really felt that way in his news delivery. And I was just stunned by that, given how we are, what we're really seeing out there. You know, people are spinning it however they want to believe it. But, you know, the data is, you, you know, the data is the data. So when we're looking yeah. what's coming out, what we're being provided, even we're going to be changing how we're seeing patients right now in terms of cutting back the number of patients we see face to face. So we're having to make that change, too. So I, you know, I, I could preach up and down, left and right to stay home. We need more preaching coming from leadership. I'm sure you guys saw what Governor Newsom did. A couple of days ago, going to a party, you know, with way more than three households or three members of a household and not being outdoors and very, very hypocritical of him. And I was like, you know, he just needs to fix that. You, yeah. It's not do as they say, not as I do. Well, Chad it, Mays went to Hawaii, didn't he? Isn't that Stephen? Yes. Isn't that what we just saw? Is that Chad yeah. Mays was in that Hawaiian uh, junket yeah. for the state? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they're all talking about how it was before the Hawaii's, uh, you know, rules were changed and travel ordinances. But like I said at the open, it's hard to really put your head there every second and every decision. Um, I, I did give a full intro. Um, Stephen Biller is actually the longtime editor-in-chief in of Palm Springs Life and a board member of Desert X. He writes and lectures about art and culture and is an advisor to the California Arts Council. And I have to say, Stephen, of all the people on the entire planet, it is artists and writers and creatives who have been able to make this pivot in a pretty spectacular way. Can you tell us a little something about your experience with that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a time when, you know, people need arts and culture. They're turning to arts and culture more than ever, um, you know, for, uh, for, for, interpret for entertainment, for interpretation of what's going on, uh, for um, uh, healing, uh, for some kind of a connection. Um, you know, the arts have that unifying effect um, to... Uh, you know, and we're, we're lucky to be in a place that is a wide open where, you know, we're not in a, in a big city. We're not, a, you know, an overly dense population out here. And, you know, we have a lot of experiences that you can have safely in the desert. And we're very lucky for that. Um, uh, you think about um, experiences like Coachella Walls in downtown you know, Coachella, you know, and you can, you can go walk around. Uh, with a mask safely, and it's uh, not a busy place, and, and look at these incredible murals and uh, enjoy the wide open park that they have there. And, uh, you know, there are experiences that you can have that are safe, that are surrounded, that, that are really based in the arts out here, uh, whether um, uh, going down to, you know, to Salton Sea and seeing Bombay Beach or seeing Salvation Mountain or um, or East Jesus, which is a sculpture park out there, um, or heading up to the high desert and seeing things like the Noah Purifoy Outdoor Sculpture Garden, a sculpture museum, and the um, uh, Planner Pavilions up in Joshua Tree, up on the, yeah. on the land of Andrea Zetel. You know, these are all wide open experiences that, um, you know, you won't have another person <laughs> within, a, within a couple hundred feet of you. Um, so, you know, we're really lucky to have so much great art out on the land here. And I think that it, it's great for us, but it's also a magnet for, for visitors, which creates 
you know, a problem in our, in our restaurants and, uh, and, and in our um, hotels and such. But, you know, we, we, you know, it's that fine balance of, of um, you know, how do we keep the economy humming a little bit, you know, and, and do it safely. Um, you know, I went out to a dinner last night at the, at the Ace and we sat out on the patio and uh, the guy I was having dinner with, um, you know, people take their masks off at the table, but I didn't, you know, so I would eat my food and I would put my mask back on. I would have a drink and I would put my mask back on. And, uh, and he was looking at me like I was, you know, a little nuts, but, oh, well. you know, oh, well, right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so it's that fine balance of wanting to go out and have, you know, a, a little bit of a life, but do it as safely as you possibly can. Um, and and uh, I, I think that, you know, with Desert X, you mentioned Desert X, that's going to be um, the first art <laughs> event out here that's going to be safe. Tell us when that's happening. So that's that's going to open on February 6th, and it's going to run through April 11th, and they'll have health ambassadors on site to to monitor distancing and to make sure people are wearing masks. Um, many of the uh, art installations were kind of reimagined with COVID in mind. So there's one installation, I can't really talk about it because nothing's really announced, but you know, there's one that you're going to be able to walk in. It, it, they're, they're directional, so you can walk in one way, but you you can't walk back that same. Uh, you can't walk out the same way you walked. Yeah, in. sort of like Ralph's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just well, like and it Ralph's. is. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, as a single person, which John is and Laura is. I don't know Thanks. what your marital is. Brad is, but. You know, I have driven out to Joshua Tree and like said, hey, Shan, what do you think about this? This is beautiful. Wow. I mean, you, you're you right. There's no person within an hour of you because you're yeah. all by yourself enjoying that art. And you do have to shift your mindset to just mm -hmm. take it in. Right. Just. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's common sense. You know, you don't you don't go out when you don't need to go out. Um, but you, you have to live a little bit and you really need to look at your options on, on what you can do safely out there. And there's a lot. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about the desert. There's so much you can do here yeah. safely. Um, and, and Desert X is going to be a great, uh, a great example of, of that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, there, there'll be art installations across the valley again. This is the third version of Desert X. Yeah. Uh, the artists come from around the world. They're men, they're women, they're, they're um, of all different colors. And uh, there's at least uh, at least one or two queer artists that are participating this year. Queer artists? Who'd have thunk? I know it. You know, to <laughs> me, all artists are queer. You know? <laughs> I love the diversity of what Desert X picks. You know, it really well, is broad. And I remember... Yeah. I can't reveal who the artists are, but I could say this about the group of group of artists that are going to be participating this year um they they look like the valley they represent oh, communities good. that are represented in this valley so we have artists from mexico we have artists from other deserts around the world that have a predisposition and an interest in this desert um so you know it's really, really well done the way the artists roster came together. And it's still, we still might be able to add 
a couple more projects. That's all based on money. You know, it's based on fundraising. And if we can raise that money, we're going to add a couple more things. So, um, what are the really dates exciting. this year for it, Stephen? Yeah, I'm sorry. What are the dates for it in 2021? Uh, February 6th is the opening, and it'll go through mm -hmm. April 11th. Great, that's great. awesome. So now we have something to look plan. forward to. Thank you. Right? And, and yeah. all of the programming will be online, so you know we're not going to have anything that's going to involve bringing people together in a group. So we'll have artist you, talks and, and, and educational programs, and you can yeah. actually you'll be able to go to our digital hub and make an mm -hmm. appointment with a docent, and you can you'll be oh. able to have a docent talking to you about the art as you're experiencing it if, if you cool. want. Oh, you I want love that. that. So really it's cool. it, you know Desert X is doing a lot to to, to present this in the safest possible way. Um, Great. And it's it's exciting, and you know we talked yeah. to um, uh, Representative uh, Raul Ruiz about it. He he was really uh, very excited about it as well, and 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 he's talking about it as it's going to be our first safe arts and culture event in the COVID era, um, and it is an exciting thing. And I think it, I think it's, it's going to be a model for a lot of other types of events. Fabulous, yeah. Dr. Rush. Is there another something you'd like to chime in? Something that's they brought to share with us today, or you still got cootie brain? <laughs> um, cootie brain. I'm, today's actually, I'm I'm working virtually today, so I'm still a little bit on the on the cootie brain, the non-COVID brain. Right. But I, it's just reinforcing that this is you know it, it's been a long haul, but now because we're having a surge, this is not the time for us to be going out into public public gatherings in terms of you know, downtown Palm Springs, just yeah. to be safe, you know, at least for the next two weeks. Yeah. And just let Thanksgiving come and go and please be safe out there. You know, I just, it's, I don't want to see us get hit any harder than we're getting hit right now. So you know, I, I, we stole it from another group, but our, our group is, wants so much to connect somehow over Thanksgiving. So the eight of us are having a side dish exchange and we're putting a big table out in front of on somebody's driveway and between noon and one you can bring nine of your side dish in little tupperware containers because i want johnny's bacon <laughs> deviled eggs or whatever you know that's half of what it is is you're not going to get those shortbread cookies this thanksgiving so yeah, each of us yeah. are making eight little servings and setting them out on the table and then you come and pick up one of everybody else's stuff. We may have a little mimosa toast it. in the driveway, and then I got a great meme this morning. Someone said a, a great meme. It was Jeffrey Dahmer, and, and it said, um, "Nobody's going to tell me how many people I can have for Thanksgiving this year." <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor um, Rush, you have been. Uh, diagnosed with cootie brain, and I'm writing you a prescription for five noogies and a wet willy. Ooh. And a pot gummy. Yeah. And a pot gummy. Perfect. Hey, before, before Stephen leaves us and Dr. Laura Rush leaves us today, Stephen, you, uh, you also have a, a, a big job. Um, wrestling and, and lassoing uh, every issue of Palm Springs Life, which you've done beautifully. Tell us about the uh, Bob Mackey cover of the November Ooh. issue, of the, December, oh, yeah. the December issue. Yeah, we're really, uh, yeah. I love Bob Mackey. He's just such an incredible character. So if you don't know who Bob Mackey is, he's one of the few fashion designers who was able to make a name for himself both in costume design and 
fashion design and uh he lives here in in palm springs now he actually lives in araby commons in south palm springs and uh we kind of caught up with him as he was doing one of his qvc uh taping because he's, he's he sells his fat his clothes on on qvc and and this guy is just he's just a smiley happy guy he's the most optimistic person and so creative and uh so uh one of our one of our former editors we had a we had to lay off a lot of people because of this, yeah. this pandemic but one of our um former editors uh, wrote the story um and uh, in my editor's letter i kind of share my very first bob mackie experience uh when uh from 1976 when oh my uh, god because uh, bob mackie uh do you remember Carol? Of course, you remember the Carol Burnett show. Everything. Yeah, he did all yeah. the costumes. Right, he did every. Can you imagine how many costume changes were done in every episode? Oh and he yeah. did yes. all of that. It's crazy. The guy is amazing and so creative and prolific and just unbelievable. And and the most, the the the, the, the costume that resonates the most, of course, is is the went with the wind. Of course. With the winds, right, right. I was going to be Charo's mother with the grapefruit boobs <laughs> for, for Red Dress, Dress Red this year. So I've, yes, I've been inspired by Bob Mackie. I think he's <laughs> phenomenally funny as a costume designer, absolutely, too. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, to have that idea... Um, and then, and then the, the line, you know, I saw it in the window and I couldn't resist, you know. Right. Uh, it just... It, it was just one of those moments. I mean, I was eight years old, mm -hmm. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and and yet here I am in my fifties talking about it now because that 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 line that that dress never that it's just the most memorable it thing. Doesn't leave you. So, it doesn't uh, leave you. And he made share. I mean, share's oh costumes too. He was yeah. doing that show simultaneously. So yeah, she was wearing the gownless evening strap, and yeah, yeah. Um, and Carol Burnett was you know wearing the the comedy costume it's just amazing so yeah pick it up it's wow. Palm Springs life Bob Mackie on the cover and I just heard yesterday and we'll be seeing a press release about this from my friends over at CV rep theater um, that Bob Mackie will be uh, the guest of honor at their luminary luncheon on January 7th so that is a very Lovely. exciting announcement. I, I apologize, Ron Salona, if you're watching for blowing That's your, okay. your announcement, but you know, it's great news and I'm really excited for CV Rep and really excited to have uh, Bob Mackie. I love having it. scoops on our on our podcast. <laughs> it's right. wonderful to have scoops like this. Mr. Biller, I hope you'll come back and see us next month as the uh, January issue rolls around. So Pretty thank good. you for being with us today. Thank All you, right. Stephen. Thank you, Thanks, Dr. Guys. Rush. Thanks for getting our show started off so fabulously, and we'll see you again very soon. You guys have a great weekend. Bye. Next on the show, we have Christy Holstedge, our own little local wonder. She's gone from city council to mayor pro tem. Yay, election. One election <laughs> that we can actually just enjoy. And uh, she has been involved in politics and law and has had an active hand in fighting and trying to cure issues with homelessness, and we're so excited yeah. to have her here. Please welcome to the show, Christy Holstedge. Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Do you Good get a morning. sash like Mayor Quimby from The, um, the Simpsons? <laughs> Do they have a Mayor Pro Tem sash? <laughs> we need well, one, look, you, we're doing no, this you're, but, next Thursday, I'll ask for one. 
Right, but when you are sworn in, you will be sworn in as mayor, correct? I will. So I'm currently the mayor pro tem, and I'll be sworn in on December 10th as our first ever female mayor in the city of Palm Springs. We've never had a woman as a mayor in our 80-plus year history. It's kind of shocking. In 2020, yeah, we got there. We, we think about uh, Jenny Fote. She was on city council and certainly was a force to be reckoned with, but never served as mayor. she was mayor pro tem mayor. for a long time. Yeah, she was. But not yeah. mayor, mayor. You're mayor, mayor, mayor. I'll be mayor mayor. mayor, mayor. But, you know, there's a lot of women like Jenny that have come before, women who built yeah. Palm Springs. Really, we should have had a lot of these women be mayor uh, before me, but I'm happy to, to serve. Well, I want to talk about all kinds of happy stuff, but I want to get the cranky stuff off first because I uh, had a little tantrum on your page a couple of times uh, before the election, and I try not to feed the trolls, but sometimes they're so snappy and I can't help it. And so there were a posse of guys who were being all, she's not buy, she's buy for pay. Like anybody ever pretends that they're a sexual minority to win vote. I mean, it just... So much craziness, and we talked last week, too, about that issue. Uh, Jackie Tringali-Nunez is a trans man who's working, and the guys are brutal to him. The gay and, guy, the uh, gay man, yeah. yeah. You know, and on one hand, I was like, you know, suck it up, because there's going to be assholes no matter what you do. But how did you, and you're a brand new mommy, on top of it, they were like, don't show your belly how indelicate is. I, I was... I was sticking up for you, but maybe not in the most professional way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I was feeding the trolls at some point, too, because you just can't help it when people I say know. these things. You know, how are you going to be a nursing mother as a city council member? Well, how do you know how I'm feeding my baby? None of your business. <laughs> and, you know, people don't ask that of men. So, you know, it was really difficult. We were in the hospital and dealing with all of these personal attacks. Um, and I think we have a lot of work to do, even in our own community, about what uh, people who are bi look like, what that means. Actually, a majority of people who are bi are with opposite sex partners because of oppression um, and, and, you know, the ability to be free and open. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, a difficult road, but I, I stood up. I, I love my troll army. I loved you speaking out. I think actually that's how we change it is saying that's, you know, that's not acceptable. That's sexist. That's biphobic. Like those people responding actually is really helpful. Like it's just not acceptable to say these things anymore. So Christy, I also want to just mention that, you know, when city council and government in, uh, in general moves at a snail's pace, right? It moves at a, almost a glacier pace sometimes. I mean, some things, it just takes a while for things to get done. And yet the internet moves at this, uh, this hyperbolic rate, right? So it's, it, I, I, it almost seems like, it almost feels like you should just sometimes ignore a lot of the comments. I know Jeff Coors as mayor tries to, uh, you know, uh, 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 respond to a lot of things that, that happen. Do you see yourself doing, uh, doing things differently when you get those kind of attacks or those kind of questions where you're you're tagged on Facebook and they want you to respond. Are you really going to feel the, the pressure or the need to respond to that? Or are you going to let some of that go? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And you've seen us just be inundated during the pandemic yeah. with tags. And so you, you've seen, you know, I'm a millennial, I'm really active on social media, I try to be really accessible. And if someone tags me, I'll answer. But you, you know, people are angry during this pandemic. It's a difficult time. People were all struggling mentally and emotionally. And so it is kind of getting out of control, the level of tagging and just negativity on Facebook. So I I've tried to be a good millennial council member and, you know, respond <laughs> on Instagram. And I you know there's like 10 different apps you have to communicate with people. Um, but, you know, people need to understand the proper way to respond and actually influence city government and politics is by emailing us or going to a city council meeting. And if you're tagging us on Facebook, it's not getting into the record and we're not, you know, necessarily considering it at the meeting. So yeah. trying to educate either change government we need to do that to make it more accessible that you can better participate and also have people go through those channels people get upset when I say please email us this I can't you know give you the whole history of this just on my phone in five minutes which is higher maintenance uh, a new baby or social media social media <laughs> <laughs> we were just saying dr. Rush has a cold and she had cootie brain you definitely have baby brain but that also gets all kinds of other thoughts going. It opens your mind. It gives you, like, you have to be a problem solver right now like you have never been before with both yeah. things. So I think that one thing helps the other, doesn't deter the other. Yeah, you know, lots of people do it. And um, <laughs> there's already been some changes we've made. So we got our first changing uh, station changing table uh, in City Hall. So in our restrooms there, we're actually getting them in all city building restrooms. That's so that's great. exciting progress. So, yeah, you bring a lot to it as well, I think. That's yeah. pretty fabulous. So we're about out of time. It's so fast on this show, but is there a little something positive that you feel like you can't wait to have your hand on the steering wheel to, to help out with something in particular? The first thing I'm going to do is ask for a community meeting, actually to hear from the community what you want us to spend the next year and my mayorship wow. on. So what the priority is for our community, because I work for you all, you pay, pay my salary um, and city staff. And we just want to hear from the community, you know, what are your priorities for this year that we can get through the pandemic, keep our economy yeah. going in a safe way. You know, I think those are the priorities. Um, but I really want to hear from everyone. What do you want? Oh, we're that? looking forward to that. That's that's fantastic. And, you know, Christy, you've, you're, you're doing a great job. I think all of city council through this pandemic and city staff, I watched part of the, the meeting uh, last week uh, when you had all the, the, the long comments going on. Uh, but I, you know, I think we really acknowledge you and your public service and, and everyone else who has and is serving uh, in city government and on city council. It's just, uh, it's fantastic. Look, we've all got our issues in, in, uh, in especially things that you never anticipated would be happening now. And so this is, uh, this is a really challenging time. You know, yeah. that was a beautiful closer, but I can't shut up for a second. Um, on Tuesday night, unfortunately, I bellied up to Zoom for it on Wednesday night, which I'm sure we've all done once or twice. But uh, 1PS and the Historical Society did a seminar or a presentation and a slideshow called Women Built Palm Springs. And oh my gosh, I hope it's on video and losers who showed up on Wednesday can find a way to watch it. 
but a lot of the first settlers and the people with money and business and banking and all kinds of stuff were women. So we're thrilled that you're picking up the torch and carrying it the next step. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to do it. We have the best community. You know, this is a great place to live and work and to serve. So I couldn't ask for a better job. I'll be tagging you ad nauseum on Facebook. Please ask me about <laughs> Marilyn Monroe again and again. <laughs> Super. Thank you so much for being with us. Christy Holstead, soon to be the mayor. Thank you, Thank you Mayor. Thanks for having me. It's my first radio show where I have to be cute and on Zoom. So. <laughs> A plus. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we have another fresh face here in the room. Brian Blue Sky is the arts and culture reporter for the Desert Sun. He was previously at the Coachella Valley Independent for six years as a music writer and assistant editor. But this morning, he's ours. Everyone else back away. Back away. He's all ours. Welcome, Brian Blue Sky. Thank you. You look so cute and young, I swear to God. We're all a million years old, and every time I see your face, I think, oh, yeah, that's what it used to be like. <laughs> well, I just turned 40 over the summer, if you believe it or not. I wow. do. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you're grown. I got to stop saying that. You're grown. 40 <laughs> is kind of the beginning of grown from the perspective of pushing 60, so... <laughs> And it's so important in the desert to have some fresh eyes and some people who are looking at it from the, I mean, does that makes you a millennial? Are you the end of millennial? What are you? Um, I, I kind of feel like I don't have a generational group because I was born in 1980, right before millennial and generation X. So um, the one thing that I've always sort of joked about with people born in 1980 is we have the best of both worlds, but we're all a lost tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds fair. So you, um, you, I don't even know how to say it. Is it deaccessation? Oh my God, I can't even say it. But what deaccession? Say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, deaccession is a new buzzword um, in the art museum world. Um, it's a standard practice for how museums have done acquisitions over the years. Basically, there were there's this organization that every museum belongs to. It's how they are able to lease works out to each other and, you know, how they talk to each other and all that. And basically what they did, they loosened the, the restrictions on deaccession. So the museums are now allowed to do it to cover direct care costs of their art collection. Um, which is quite expensive when you consider the climate control and everything that art has to be stored at. Well, and um, wait, just for losers like me who actually had to go look it up, it means that the museum sells or what sells basically a piece of art that they've had. And in our case, this uh, Frankenhalter that's been almost three decades at the Palm yeah. Springs Museum, they've just approved that, right? Um, they did. I mean, it, the board decided to do this. Um, they brought in over $3 million from the sale at Sotheby's. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that makes it so controversial is, is that before you did it to acquire other work, now you can do it basically be to cover your direct care costs of your collection. And that's what the Palm Springs Art Museum did. And 
it was sort of controversial um, around the world. And, you know, of course, our museum made the Los Angeles Times. And, you know, it, it's one example of the art world and where it's at right now during the pandemic. And it's interesting. But the one thing that I give credit to the Palm Springs Art Museum for is they want to start an acquisition fund in Steve Chase's name in the future, oh. which is very cool. And, you know, of course, there's the Steve Chase wing at the museum. And, you know, why not have an acquisition fund for him, too? <laughs> Who bought that painting? Where is that going to go? Um, I don't believe the buyer has been made public. Usually, um, when a museum does this, it's going to go in the hands of a private collector. Museums typically invest in work. And when an artist is sort of at that breaking point of becoming popular, and then, you know, it, it's like they're starting to rise that's when they start to buy that artist's artwork, mostly because that's the best time to buy it. And you're investing in art, of course, and that's how museums typically like to do that. But yep. they sell a prominent work, it usually goes back into private hands. So some really, really rich guy is gonna have it in his 900 square foot guest bathroom or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Climate controlled guest bathroom. <laughs> well, no the nice thing, <laughs> the nice thing about when uh, art like that goes into private hands is it can also be leased out. They make money from doing that. So they might start lending it to other museums and people will be able to see it. Or you never know. I mean, you know, it could be put on display somewhere in a gallery or, you know, it, you never know what's going to happen. But typically when people buy it, you never know what their intentions are until, you know, you start seeing it out there again. Wow. So there was something else too. You've got your head in that newspaper and the grocery store. We were just talking about like fighting with your own desire to connect with people over Thanksgiving. And mm -hmm. you kind of have your eye on what the grocery stores and what the restaurants are doing to try and convince people to do something smart instead of something stupid for Thanksgiving. What, what did you notice? Well, you know, the, the restaurants are doing dine-in service on the patio. Um, you know, we as a Desert Sun have, you know, sort of covered the health department. Uh, Nicole Hayden, our health reporter has. And, you know, she, it's been mostly if you want to celebrate Thanksgiving, do it with people in your household. Um, you know, of course, going out to a restaurant, you know, you can do it right now, given there's outdoor patio dining. Um, the one thing is, is that restaurants or local restaurants are filling up. Um, they might have, I'm sure that many of them are stopping the reservations or they're just going to be very busy on Thanksgiving to where you might not get in. Um, it just depends. The one thing is though, is that many of them are offering takeaway deals. Um, Lulu's is offering their full four course meal to go and you can enjoy it at home. Um, Actually, you know, Copley's has an unbelievable yeah. menu for Thanksgiving and it's basically like 40 bucks a piece for the whole shebang. Yeah, and it's sold yeah. out. <laughs> it oh, was so yeah. sad. Are you kidding? I just heard yeah. about it this morning. It's sold out. Um, you know, I, I checked the status of it and it's it's sold out. That was what I saw. But I think John's, John still has a few uh, 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 oh, deep fried turkeys. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. That up, but could you imagine being alone at home as a single person with a deep fried turkey? 
Suddenly, I feel like Homer Simpson. I see myself in a Homer Simpson yeah. way. Yeah. Have you ever seen the process of making a deep fried turkey? It looks yes. right dangerous and it is. Kind of yes. mad I was invited to a Thanksgiving that had a deep. Uh, fr somebody was going to do a deep uh, fried turkey, and they were like, "Well, what are you going to bring?" I said, "A fire extinguisher <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm bringing." What's okay? We so we fires every year because of those things. We're a little bit behind today, so I'm just gonna ask you each of you to tell me before we let Brian go. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish, or what are you making, or what it, something? Tell me. I love cranberry relish. That you put that on your turkey, and it's amazing. And like from a can. No, the stuff that you make at home or, you know, someone brings to the Thanksgiving. When cranberry relish is on the table, I am... Me it, too. It's stop me from getting to that. Me too, but even mm. though we have always an amazing cranberry relish, the two guys who are like the anchor of my family, they still unscrew that can. They're not going to eat your Aww. fresh cranberry shit. They got to have it. It's right. so easy to make too. <laughs> Brad, what's your what's your Thanksgiving dish? Well, um, mom's mom's homemade apple pie, our our Dutch apple pie recipe, which is nothing but sugar, flour, apples, brown sugar, more sugar, and sugar. I've had that. I've had your mom's apple pie that you made. It's very good. And I make it, and I do yeah. very well with it. So I'm you making do. that this year. You know okay, what? I'm up for a one mine, uh, like a thin slice delivery. If you're up for it, John Taylor. Okay. Mine is, you know, because I'm from uh, New England, and and Thanksgiving every year was um, at my lesbian aunt Kay and uncle Peggy's place on Cape Cod in a little town called Eastham, where they have been growing the same strain of turnips since the 1600s from the same seeds, and you go to the Eastham Superette when the turnips are in. And you and I know turnips don't sound good, but if you mash the the East Ham turnips from Cape Cod from the 1600s with carrots and butter and salt and pepper and a little brown sugar, it's just like the pilgrims without the on your hat. That does sound pretty good. <laughs> I will be making for our pickup uh, side dish exchange where we're all picking up stuff. Um, I'll be making eight servings of cream of artichoke heart soup. Caramelized onions and artichoke hearts and cream and butter and garlic. That's like, how could that be bad? I'm making reservations for a <laughs> ah, I love you. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian Blue. Sky. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for having me. Happy Thanksgiving, Brian. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Thanks, Brian. All right. Well, known primarily as Team Mom, our next guest is a do-gooder who just finished her tour around the country, feeding up to a thousand people at a time, all on her own sometimes. And she wants to inspire us to realize that we can do something to make a change too. Please welcome Team Mom. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Oh, I have missed your wonderful. face. It's so good to see you. It is so good to see you too, sweetie. Oh, every Are year up at Desert Hot Springs, at Desert Hot Springs Pride, we used to love seeing you up there. That's where I would run into you a lot every year because yes. you were one of the major forces behind that. Yes, yes, yes. And don't forget, I, I made sure I fed of all, all our babies that came to volunteer. That's right. Yes. You know, that, that is part of her mission. She basically... I mean, I read a bunch about you. You have a website now, right? Um, yeah, Unity Ride for the Homeless. 
unity ride for the homeless, which you actually just did a unity ride for the homeless across the country, state after state, connecting with city councils and politicians and law enforcement and creating opportunities to feed people along the way. Um, I didn't just I didn't just feed people. Uh, We we helped find jobs. Uh, We prevented suicide, especially youth suicide. Uh, uh, put people up in hotels when my friends like you and so many others, Benjamin, uh, uh, Floyd and Ken at the UPS store, everybody, Luna Inc. I mean, even some of my uh, uh, politicians, they would send me money on my um, cash app so that I could help somebody in need. So it wasn't just feeding. I do a lot. You know, I'm not a caseworker. I'm just someone that cares. Well, and you're out in the community solving problems with the hand and the love of a mother, basically. Oh, yeah, that belt. Don't forget that belt, honey. Yeah, she has an imaginary belt, but no, I got she a real, it. I have no, a I have scars. Belt. She has a real one. I have a real belt. He got scars. He know he got his butt <laughs> whooped before. Don't play with team mom now, honey. You know what? To be really a, a bridge builder, a pioneer, you do have to be a little what the kids now call extra. Right, oh, yeah, I'm a little extra. Yeah, you got it. And be. and so are you. And so it's hard for people as I come whirling up to them to decipher what it is, uh, you know, that I'm trying to accomplish. But a bunch yeah. of attorneys and business people and uh, all different people got together and created a nonprofit for you when you got home from this tour. Magically, well, let me tell you the story about that. Uh, I was I was on the road, and when I came back, I was just getting ready to go to my last state. I focused on my area from Blythe all the way up to Long Beach, and I took care of all my babies there, handing out face masks, handing out hand sanitizer across the country. But when I got here, I got a phone call from Rebecca at the chamber, and she told me organic. It was organic. I said, why am I getting this? She says, oh, teen mom, it was organic. And I said, okay. You are trying to help people through your eyes see that they can be part of a connection, a bridging of communities, a bridging of that sort of thing. Anybody can be a help and a change. Well, I had, I got a phone call and it was a politician and they was trying to help somebody, but they didn't know what to do. So they automatically thought to call me. Team mom, I need your help. I've got a lady that's from Utah and I don't know what resources to send them to. So I'm I'm not just helping, I'm trying to educate people. She figured because they were from Utah and they're not a resident of California that they didn't qualify for food stamps. Well, that's simply not true. We all qualify if we're intergent, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like now, I have to think about my homeless babies. So I'm having my second annual 12 days of Christmas toy drive with Santa, but it's gonna be it's going to be a covert 19. You can still come and take a photo with Santa, but you can't sit on Santa's lap. You've got to stand with Santa. You've got to have a face mask on and your photos will be sent to you in your email. Yeah. Yeah, I was banned from sitting on Santa's lap long ago. So you was banned. Yeah. Yeah, because he tinkled on his lap. That's <laughs> well, you know, did, did you know that Santa actually sits on team mom's lap? I bet. Yeah, I bet. I've got a big wish list, team mom, and I know you're the lady that can help me with it. 
So thank you so much for being with us. You can find thank her at our website, Unity Ride for the Homeless. She has a Facebook page, a couple of Facebook page, Unity Ride for well, the Homeless. Unity Ride for the Homeless. Yeah, that's both of them are Unity Ride for Homeless. And soon I'll have a I'll have a Facebook page and a website and everything will be converted to Team Mom Charities. But for okay. right now, I'll leave it like it is because that's how people are able to find me. Super. Thank you so much for being here. Love you. Thank you for having me. I was definitely crushing on Wednesday. Uh, (laughs) Yes, she was her one crush Wednesday as well. Put that little plug in there because, you know, I love Gay Palm Springs. All right. So we have wrapped up another week of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without me, Brad Fur, your gay desert guide, telling you what the heck is up this weekend. Starting tomorrow, you and I should be going to this, but I don't know if we can. Of course we can, because it's socially distanced. McCormick's Classic Car Show and Auction starts tomorrow, Friday, November 20th, runs the entire weekend at the grounds of the Palm Springs Convention Center. Uh, Do you think we can maybe make a socially distanced plan to meet over there? I'm totally down with that. McCormick's does a great job there. They are keeping it safe this year. Uh, but the auction will go on, and uh, it is uh, all weekend long. And uh, prices range from, you know, a couple of grand for a car, or you might get something in the quarter million dollar range if you've got a few extra bucks in your pocket. Hey, I'm really excited because Alexander Rodriguez is joining us to host men's speed dating, and we've got speed dating for men of all ages this weekend. Saturday, November 21st, starts at 6 o'clock. And Shan, just a few weeks away, we bring back virtual speed dating for women on December the 2nd. Looking forward to that one as, as well. You've been getting some great people in on your speed dating. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then do I have, I have game night next week, right? Oh, that's right. We've got a big gay game night on Tuesday night, the 24th. So and it's, all it's, the details. Uh, it's a trivia and scavenger hunt and family feud, all three different rounds of craziness. So please join us for that. Yeah, are we going to do uh, any kind of a turkey trot? Who knows? We'll figure that out. I was thinking politics and comedy. I'm going to try there and focus go. on those two things. And speaking of comedy, tonight, uh, I'm, this is Thursday the 19th. We're recording this. I'm driving all the way to Landers tonight to see you. Crazy. Landers Brew is the place. I've never been there. I'm, I don't know. I'm, my Nissan Leaf with its damaged rear end is going to uh, make its way up to the uh, Yucca Valley area. And we're going to try to see if we can find you in Landers tonight. I'm looking forward to that show. It's me and a young new lesbian who just a lesbian comedian who just moved to the Valley, Abby Drake and the amazing Tommy Rose. The three of us will be sitting or standing far away from an audience sitting in an outdoor beer garden and uh, at Lander's Brew, uh, freezing our knockers off and trying to make some jokes. And I'm nervous about uh, it a little bit. I brought my plastic face shield if it seems spooky and I can take care of myself like we all have to do. Yeah. Bring the astronaut mask. Oh, I know right. my astronaut. Oh, see, it's just always <laughs> here in case I need it. And then, uh, yeah, also we're staying at Thunderbird Lodge, which is a little a circle of little Airbnb houses uh, just outside of Yucca Valley. That's awesome. Wow. Oh, Take good. him a smidge. Maybe, maybe you can invite, invite us over for a nightcap. No. Nope. Um, I know, I know. Uh, Desart Performs is part of the Creating for the Stage series. 
Um, that is something happening every Wednesday through December 2nd. Uh, Michael Shaw, who's the uh, uh, creative director for DesArt Performs, is joined with the cast of Sweat, actors Desiree Clark and Cortez Johnson. Just one of the many virtual things happening. The center's got, of course, a whole bunch of virtual things uh, going on. There are the w Real Women's Film Festival with Planned Parenthood, which starts on uh, Saturday of this week and goes into December. So a lot of ways, and we would uh, be remiss if we didn't uh, mention uh, a very muted uh, observance of Transgender Day of Remembrance, yeah. Friday 5 to 7 at Palm Springs City Hall this year. Nicholas Snow is going to live stream this on promohomo.tv and fundraising will be uh, also uh, a part of that uh, live stream. So. Transgender Day of Remembrance, Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. All right, before we go, one last thing. We have our uh, uh, new partner for our Hot Deals program, Hot Deals with Chill Bar. How is that? Uh, Chill Bar is now open at 11 every day. They're serving lunch. And then there's early dining and their expanded distance patio. Uh, you know, they've had a kitchen there, and they've actually brought in some uh, chefs to do some kind of drop-in little fun things. But uh, they've got a regular menu that's fantastic, tacos, flatbreads, et cetera. You can buy a $25 gift card for just $17.50 at GayDesertGuide.com. That is part of our Hot Deals program. And our newsletter going out shortly. If you uh, are seeing this anytime over the weekend, you can always pick up our blog, What's Going On in Greater Palm Springs, at GayDesertGuide.com. I got to give a shout out uh, to the Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival dot org. The, the show that they did the concert this past Sunday with uh, Sweet Baby J and Diane Shore was the um, was the guest artist. Uh, it was just fantastic. I believe you can see the, the rebroadcast of that. It's it's a great hour. I was just captivated. Just a terrific job. You can catch Good it on job. their website or on their Facebook page at Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival. Okay. All right, y'all. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Love ya. See you next week. For info on this week's topics, go to GayDesertGuide.com and join the Oasis Insiders Club. Each week, you'll get the Gay Desert Guide This Week in I Love Gay Palm Springs newsletter with news, community events, and hot deals. I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, Shan Carr, and Brad Fur. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Listen on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts.